Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. The easiest way to connect with us from right where you are is by downloading our free Real Life Community app from your app store. You can also find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest, after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we pray that you would lift our hearts and our minds up to you right now, that you'd open us to you, that you would help us to be aware that there is more going on here than we can see. In the name of the risen Jesus, everybody said, Amen. Amen. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, 
Paul is quoting or paraphrasing Habakkuk 2.4. And he says, the righteous will live by faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because if you are going to have faith, then you have to start with this assumption that there is a God who is unseen, that's capable of approaching at all. And so in Christ, we talked last week in, on Easter about being able to step out of the tomb in Christ. Such a fundamental part of walking in Christ is learning to live by faith. And yet, what is this faith? Ashley uh, mentioned it earlier when she read Hebrews 11 verse 1, which is kind of the faith chapter. And in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. And this next line is is so critical for today. And assurance about what we do not see. Now, the writer of Hebrews is writing these words on the heels of kind of what we talked about in the Good Friday service, how Jesus, the great high priest, entered a sanctuary that was not built by human hands into a heavenly city, and he made atonement for us there. And so he kind of assumes that there is this kingdom of God reality, this heavenly realm that our observation, five senses kinds of of qualities can't get to. And, And that's the place, the spiritual reality, where God's kingdom is, exists. And so that's kind of Hebrews 9 and 10 talks about some of those things. And then 11, it's now faith is being, is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. And so he's talking here really particularly about that realm of God's reality that exists outside of, beyond, around our observation skills, right? Our five senses, our ability to see, taste, touch, smell, hear, all of these kinds of things. Faith starts with the basic idea that there is what we see and what we observe. Everybody turn to your neighbor right now and say, I see you. Uh, yeah, like with your, with your eyebrows and everything. I see you. I see you. Uh, if somebody's sleeping, just elbow them a little bit. I, I feel you, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So this is a reality, right? This is not some mirage. This is a reality. The created order is a reality, but it's not all there is. There is more going on here than we often can realize or can see. Faith just starts with that assumption, just understands that that's the deal. In any situation, I want you to think about your life in any situation, from the extreme kinds of things when you're just stressed out of your mind or or you're frustrated or you've experienced this terrible failure or you're racked with guilt or the other kind of side of the extreme, you're celebrating something amazing, you're on vacation, you're on the beach, you're, you know, something wonderful is going on, you're celebrating the birth of a child or in these extremes, Even in the extremes, there's more, listen, more going on than what you're experiencing in those moments. And in the ordinary 
times of life, when you're doing the dishes, when you're uh, doing the laundry and the dishes and the laundry and the dish and, and when you're making the meals and when you're clothing the kids and when you're clocking in at work and when you're teaching the class, when you're doing all these ordinary things, there's also more going on than you are observing in every one of these moments of life. Hebrews 11 says this is what the ancients were commended for. The ancients stretch all the way back in Genesis, and the ancients worked with this fundamental understanding of the universe that there is what we observe, but there is a before that. So in the beginning, this is how the Bible starts, in the beginning, God created. So there is a before, there's an outside, there's an over, over around the created order. And that is the reality of God and the existence of God and the heavenly realm that even he creates the heavenly realms. In the beginning, God created. What is seen is not all there is, is the assumption There is a deeper reality, a creative force that's underneath and behind and overall of creation itself. There is more. This this was just assumed in biblical culture and really in all ancient cultures. There weren't like proofs for the existence of God and like, you know, like all of these kinds of things where if we just check all these boxes off, then you have to believe. Faith didn't work like that. The existence of God and a spiritual reality just was assumed in the Bible. Nobody's arguing about whether or not that's a fact. That's just taken for granted. In most of human history, in every culture really, there's this assumption that there's more going on than what we see. That what is seen is made out of what is invisible. That's the way the writer of Hebrews puts it. That what is seen, God created what is seen out of what is unseen. Hang on to that because we're going to come back to that, right? What is seen is created out of what is unseen. Every culture in history kind of had these beliefs until a few hundred years ago, there was the rise of this thing called modernism and the scientific revolution. Y'all ready for a science lesson here? Uh, this is a, so I got to go through this super quick because I don't have much time. But around the scientific revolution, the rise of modernism, things started to shift a little bit with people like Galileo who were making these incredible observations about the way the universe was structured and Newton who had these laws of physics that, you know, like equal and opposite reactions and, you know, objects in motion and all of these kinds of things that there was this idea that started to fan the flames that maybe if we tried hard enough, if we created the right instruments, we could observe everything that there is and make sense of it all, and have an understanding of the entire created order. And really, for the past few hundred years, we've been working on that. We build bigger telescopes to see out farther out into the sky. And do you know what we're finding? The farther out we look and the more we understand about the universe, it keeps going. (laughs) In, In fact, it doesn't just keep going beyond our telescopes. What we understand about the universe on a fundamental level is on the big kind of scale... It's expanding. There is always more. 
on this huge, big scale. And then you take it on, a, on like a micro scale, flip it around, and, and there's this other side of physics that tries to seat down to the, like the basic building blocks of matter. Like if you take any kind of matter, what is seen, and you drill all the way down into like the, you know, atom level. And here, here in the past few decades, there's this like subatomic level. So you've got electrons and protons and, and all of these kinds of things that I don't understand and flying around the atom. And if you separate the atom, you've got this whole subatomic kind of level and you've got things like quarks. You guys heard of quarks? Everybody knows what a quark is, right? Uh, like if you break down an atom on an even smaller level, you've got these quarks that do all sorts of weird things. And they, they have these theories because, by the way, quarks, which are, it is believed in particle physics, the building blocks of all matter, you can't see them. And it's not just because we don't have like microscopes strong enough, like you can't see them. Because if you drill down into what makes up a quark, it is, the theory goes, a string of energy. So matter on a fundamental building block level, what is seen is created out of what is unseen. Are you with me on this? Quarks do all these crazy kinds of things. Like when they study quarks, they can see one quark go from one place in creation, one point in creation, to another point without traveling the distance between the two points. Are you with me here? Yeah. Am I, like, you, they, can't, so they can see it here, and then they can see it here, but they don't see how it gets from one place to another. They can't explain that. It goes somehow, it goes uh, on a different level. And so there's these theories. This is like the, the front and center theory in particle physics today. It's called super string theory. Anybody know what super string theory is? It's really good. If I lost you all, though, this is really exciting stuff, right? So super string theory is trying to describe how, uh, how like, the quark, uh, this fundamental building block of matter is made up of these strings of energy. And one of the things that they found in super string theory is that if you play this whole thing out, it says that there are, we understand, four dimensions to reality. To, to our, like, four dimensions. There's time. And then there are three other dimensions. You can go forward and backwards. You can go left and right. You can go up and down, right? So there's four dimensions. Super string theory, which is the leading theory in physics today, says that there are at least 11 dimensions to reality. So when a quark travels from here to here, it moves in one of the other dimensions that we can't see. Now, I, I know, right? <laughs> so you've got these particle physicists who are like building things like the Large Hadron Collider and blowing electrons up into each other, looking for these other fields. And you might have heard like of the Higgs field or the Higgs boson. They're trying to find like that basic, like that matter that was there at the Big Bang or something. And, and, and they're trying to find these kinds of things. And I watched the TED Talk this week, so now I'm like a scientist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I watched the TED Talk this week from a particle physicist, and he was saying he's been working on the, the Large Hadron Collider, which is like the biggest thing in physics today, since it opened, since it came online back in like 2007. And they were looking for answers to the question, why is there something in the universe rather than nothing? And they're looking for these, like, what, like these different kinds of quarks, and they haven't been able to find things that they've been excited about necessarily. 
And he said, listen, we're entering into this next phase over the next couple of years. And this was in 2016, so they're probably coming up to the end of this, where we may have to come to a point where we realize that we live in a multiverse, like 11 dimensions, but we can't prove it and we never will be able to. How crazy is that? Listen, I I actually, he said this. This is from one of the smartest guys on the planet, right? And he said this. I wrote down the quote. Uh, Tyler, help me with this. He said, we may be entering a new era in physics, an era where there are weird features of the universe that we cannot explain. Like, cannot. Not just we haven't figured out yet, but like the the way we understand it, we will never be able to because it happens on a different realm, Right? An era where we have hints that we live in a multiverse. Maybe like you catch glimpses of it through a veiled curtain. Have you ever heard a scripture like this? That lies frustratingly out of our reach. An era where we will never be able to answer the question, why is there something rather than nothing? So you've got at the height of our scientific revolution, the smartest, and by the way, I love science, right? This is not a science bashing message. Um, at the height of our science, we're saying, you know, everything that we've learned, which we've learned a lot, but it still leaves us with the phrase, there's more going on here than we're capable of explaining or observing. Which, by the way, so you've got people at the height of our scientific revolution that end up sounding a whole lot like ancient Near Eastern writers of Genesis. (laughs) Don't they? Uh, A couple thousand years ago, there was this Galilean peasant that started walking across the countryside, and he would say, look at the birds. See the flowers in the fields? See this, this little bit of yeast? Look at this fig tree over here. And he was pointing at things in creation. And then he would say, the kingdom of God is like. There's this realm that you can't see but it looks something like this. And by the way, in this realm that you can't see, it is all around you. It is near you. And you actually, from where you are, can enter into it. This kingdom of God, this spiritual reality, where God is on the throne, Jesus says, you're invited into this, to live into this. There's more going on always than you realize is going on. As humans, we are uniquely created to live within creation according to the kingdom of God by faith. I want to draw you um, a picture here real quick. Uh, so let me do this. Do we have? Yeah, here we go. Think about creation. You've got God who is spirit, right? And God acts in Genesis. He creates. He speaks. And when God does these things, Matter is created. You've got light and dark. You've got land, sea, earth. 
sky. Do you notice in the Genesis account, the more that gets created every new day, it's something that's a little more complicated than the day before, right? So as you kind of go up in this pinnacle of creation, you've got now you've got vegetation and trees which give fruit. And then you've got these seeds that are capable of producing more trees that produce more fruit. And every time God continues to spirit by his spirit, this non-physical realm creating the realm that is physical, then you've got something, you've got animals next, fish and birds and these things. And then God takes the dust of the ground. And he breathes into it. And here we are. Human beings have been created in this unique place in all of creation as the created people who are capable of standing with our feet in creation, but who have been breathed into by the Spirit of God, so that we are capable of standing right there in the gap and experiencing all of reality, the physical and the spiritual. This is what you were created for. It's what you were created for. And if you miss one side or the other, you miss out on half or more of what you were made for. This is what Jesus is inviting you into. There is always more that's going on than what you realize. This past week, I've started this practice that's been extremely powerful in my life. It's so simple and kind of silly. But like at different times, extreme moments and ordinary moments, I've been closing my eyes and trying to deny my senses and then just speaking the phrase in my mind, there's more going on here than what I'm aware of. God, help me to see it. By faith. I want to invite you into that, guys. You've got relationships that you need to know, man, what what else is going on here? I can't see it. You've got stressors. You've got challenges. You've got joys. You've got decisions to make. You've got ordinary stuff that just seems to overwhelm you with its mundaneness. And in every one of these situations, I want to invite you this week to be who you were created to be. Close your eyes. And remind yourself and be reminded there is more going on than I'm aware of right here. God, help me to see it. Can we do that now, actually? I want to invite the band to come up and um, if you'd close your eyes with me. God, we believe uh, that even now, Even the way we see, we see through a glass darkly. Uh, But we recognize that your kingdom is often as close to us as just so close. uh, So close that sometimes we catch glimpses of it. We see almost like through a veil. um, Another reality. God, would you help us this morning as we sit here in your sanctuary with our eyes closed and our senses as turned off as we can.
Would you remind us that you are closer than we know? I want to invite you now, the band's going to play a song, and I want to invite you to listen to at least the first half of this song with your eyes closed. And listen to these words as if God is speaking them to your situation, to your life. 